generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Jeez, that's an aggressive intro. As <laughs> the always, songs like you... always make me laugh as soon as you open A. <laughs> People are like, you need to put together a Keep the Change playlist. It's R rated. It's definitely R rated. <laughs> made the weirdest mix of Elvis and yeah. J-Lo. And <laughs> yeah, all sorts. Um, I actually watched the J-Lo stripping movie on the plane on the way back from the US. Hustlers. That's what it's called. Yeah. But I fell asleep halfway through, so now when I go to the Philippines, I'll be able to watch the... Uh, Back it up. Yeah, the other half of it. But <laughs> uh, I think we talked about, like, in the J-Lo documentary that we watched, she's preparing for that uh, mm. show, I think. Yeah. I think it's based on a true story. Get that body right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for the, yeah. For the pole dancing and stuff. And I tell you what, I mean, it is pretty right, you know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> when, I was, when I was watching that in C23 with about fucking 10 seats rows behind amazing. me, being like, what's this guy like, watching? Yeah, she's like 50 years old or something, eh? Unbelievable. Hmm. Phenomenal talent. Mate, this week, you've been asked, Mikey, what's it like, I think these are the exact words, what's it like not having to give a fuck about money? Yeah. Wow. Made me think, eh? Is that the point you're at? Like, no, you, no. no. <laughs> what, think, like, what, uh, what point is that? Do you think? Well, after after we talked about it, we talked about different things, and then I came away and I thought about it this morning when I woke up too. And uh, <clears throat> I think it's state. There's stages to it, eh? And uh, uh, from what I could figure out, I think there's four stages to okay. not giving a fuck about money. Yeah, and there's different levels of of how much you care about. And I think the first two are anxiety and pressure removal based. And then the last two are lifestyle creep based. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, and um, I feel like I've done level one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It removes some anxiety yeah, and money. Yeah, so yeah. I was thinking about it and, because you know, what what was implied was like, you, you don't give a fuck about money. And I was like, well, I definitely do. And I watch it very carefully. Yeah. But, but also, um, my living expenses don't matter anymore. And, man, like, it is so underrated. Like, I don't think, and, and that doesn't come from, like, a giant income or anything. That just comes from 
knowing that you've got some savings off to the side that if I lost my income tomorrow, I'll be able to live and figure out, and I've got time to work out something to do. Yeah. And I just, I recommend doing that to so many people um, that are in a hole, like head down, bum up, get to work, put some money off to the side, get rid of all your debts, like basically what you preach, mate. Like, mm. And it, when you know that your rent's covered for six months and you can go to the supermarket and get your food, I, I don't know how to articulate it properly, but the level of confidence that comes from that is just so high yep. because you, you all of a sudden have a new baseline for your life um, and it, it means that you're just standing on a high ground for yourself and I think lots of things happens. I think you start to respect yourself more yep. because it was probably a journey to do it. Um, I think it allows you to make different decisions and things on the fly quicker, like probably a bit more risk-taking because you know you know, it's all good. I've got money in the bank and my bills are paid and everything's covered. And, you know, that out of everything, that's out of all of these sort of four stages that I'll, I'll sort of go over, that one is the one I care the most about. Yeah. Um, and Cause I, you, I'd imagine you've lived both, right? Like you've lived where you are worried about how much money's in your bank account on a Monday morning. Yeah. And then you've lived where you don't, Give a fuck about well, you don't know. You just, you're not going to. Yeah, cheat. I get paid on Friday and drink it by Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people could relate to that. And I, you know, I've told this story a couple of times, but I never forget in one of my first jobs, and I'm like, okay, it's payday in two days, and then it was payday, <laughs> and one of the directors or managers was like, oh, is it payday? Oh, fuck, I've got no idea how much is in my bank account, and I was like, holy shit, she didn't know it was payday. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, man, I've been counting this thing down for about nine days by this rate, and I'm getting paid fortnightly. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, I'm like, wow, I wonder what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah mean, don't get me wrong, I still know when payday is, and I still, like, map that stuff out, but it just From a different position, eyes. though. Yeah. Yeah, 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 because you're doing it to... Allocate. Allocate and make wealth long-term. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I think... Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest one. And um, just to stay there for a second, man, when you said it, it's you don't know how to articulate it. I think I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I don't know. I think part of it is I was almost going to say like you become a different person spiritually, but I don't even know why I think that that is what yeah, that means. But I you know just, what you mean too, but I don't know how to explain it because yeah, it's like um, you carry yourself differently. Yeah, there's a weight off your shoulders, mm. and when you get to that position. And you've talked to yourself in your head and you'll be like, I know I could find something if I've got a year's worth of rent and food covered. I could find something by that year to make money to keep going. Yeah. Then you're like, it's a weight off your shoulders for the rest of your life. You, you operate from a different paradigm, I think is what it is. Because yeah. I think, so what I reckon what happens or what happened for me or how I would articulate it is that for years, I would be worried that if something happens, I couldn't cover it. It could be a tooth falling out. It could be the wisdom tooth. It could be the flat tire. It the could fan belt be in your car. The fan belt <laughs> in my car. You know, it, it, and my brain would give me fucking everything that it could yeah. be. It could even just be like a sporting injury and I've got to go to the doctor. And you know, I never forget one time as well where I actually did have a sporting injury and they were like, hey, you can wait here for six hours or you can literally walk across the road there and you can jump on that line and you can pay for it though. You have to pay for it, but you will pay for it. And I'm like, yeah, I get the fucking point that I'm going to pay for it, but it'll only take you 40 minutes. And I was like, 
I can actually afford to do that now. I'm like, okay, thank you. I'll go over there. Yeah. And waited and, and did that. So I think when you don't have much money and you are you're so you're so aware of that and you're just praying that something doesn't go wrong that's really going to just ruin everything for you. And when you finally build that emergency fund or you stack some extra coin and you start to realize like, fuck, Luke, I don't need to worry about that anymore. Mm. I literally like stop thinking about that because you've done the work, you've stacked four grand or you've closed the credit cards or you've got them to a point where they're not completely maxed out mm. that you could use one if need be, but you really don't want to. Now you build the emergency fund. Cool, now we close the credit card. You start taking these extra steps and then you, you realize you roll around and you're like, fucking go on then you're thrashing your car hoping the fan belt breaks because <laughs> because you know that you can pay a thousand bucks in cash pop my tires motherfucker yeah <laughs> but but what it is is that you know okay if that does happen i literally can sort it and it's not oh i'm gonna put it on a credit card it's mm. nah man like uh not so long ago i had a maxed out credit card and i would have been embarrassed to tell everyone i can't solve this because i've actually maxed out my credit card or I would have been having to ask for an extension. And now you've gone to the person that becomes the person who has actually got cash sitting there. Yeah. And it's like, nah, I don't even need to rely on a credit card. Oh, and could swipe my card and pay for it in one go and start rebuilding that yeah. three grand to four grand or whatever yeah. it is. And yeah. that that's genuinely or that is a change of a person. Yeah. I I've I've watched certain people go through that transition, do it myself, and I've watched others, and you can see like they light up, mm. like it's a it's six months away, and you know six months of hard work or whatever, um, but they just beam confidence, and you know it's great. Yeah, I think it creates a snowball as well in other areas of your momentum life. Momentum starts, yeah. yeah, because you're then not worrying about all the shit, and so then you're not acting from a place of fear as much. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that that the fear part. Um, I think number two was my ultimate. When I was younger, and my old man used to say to me, "When I retire, I want to know that I can turn the heaters on and be comfortable." You know, like I need enough to be able to have minor luxuries. Yeah, and that's me for retirement. And I think minor luxuries like the power on, <laughs> yeah, like or like a yeah. heater in winter. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, these days, you can just get a fucking ticket from Wins and get your heater turned on. I think, but yeah, you know, if you could do it yourself, it'd be <laughs> yeah. good on you. <laughs> you. They do have a, a energy. Yeah, a warm-up yeah. payment. <laughs> but it's still not enough, they tell me, for... Okay. Uh, anyway. Um, so, th- that that's number one, and I think... So, what are we calling that? Number one's, like, anxiety and pressure. Yeah, I think that's anxiety and pressure removal. Yeah. Um, and by making sure your basic living expenses are covered for a long time, and you don't need to rely on your, pay- your next paycheck to make sure they're covered, or debt. Can I just say that if you are listening and you are thinking, man... Like, I just haven't experienced that. Make that your goal and make it a 12-month goal to literally not have credit and to have a emergency fund and yeah. just see what it feels like. And who gives a fuck if it takes you 12 months or 24 months? Like, sell as much shit that you don't use out of your house. <laughs> do some overtime. Like, literally just do two years of work or a year's work or six months or whatever it takes you yeah. just to get the feeling of, okay, what does it actually feel like to have an emergency fund and no consumer credit? And then you might decide, I still feel exactly the same. This sucks balls. Then, right, never listen to this podcast again and just go back to a life of just blowing your ass out yeah. of consumer credit. <laughs> you're, you're it's a lost funny course. you say that because someone commented on my student loan scam video today and said, man, 
I open up my $61,000 student loan every now and then, and all it does is give me anxiety. That sucks, man. And I was like, he's like, any advice on what to do? I was like, yep. Don't I you? went onto his Instagram, and he's got push bikes, and he's, oh. got, he's got R&V every year. And I was like, you need to sell all your bikes, downsize your car, get rid of everything you fucking own, put 12 months of effort into it, find anything you can to work out how to pay that thing off, and then start again. So we'll see. Any reply? Nah, but I screenshotted it, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna put it in my diary in a year. Wow, <laughs> I like it. Um, You'd be able he, to he liked it. He didn't. He didn't okay, reply. good. Yeah, good. Sometimes um, you do. You, you've got to change the person you are to become a different person who you currently. We've are. said it before. Like action is the antidote to anxiety. You yep. just got to build the plan and do it. Sorry. So point two. Point two is also um, anxiety and pressure removal. But part two of it is uh, adding in saying yes to lifestyle choices. So not adding in lifestyle creep yet, but I think it was my goal. I remember being asked to go to a wedding in Queenstown, and I remember thinking, fuck, how am I going to sort this? Like, I have to say yes. I've got an RSVP date on Friday, so that means I have to have a plan and figure out how to pay for the flights and everything by Friday. And I think... The next level after that basic living stuff is being able to say yes to any of that shit purely based on if you want to or not, yeah. not financially. So, like, I feel like I've this is my one now. This was one of the ones I wanted to achieve. Like, if you're like, oh, mate, I'm going to get married in fucking Manila in the Philippines, I'd be like, yeah, sweet, let's go. Good place to get married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think that's, like, the next level up after basic living expenses and not being embarrassed. Even just a simple... Do you want to go down to Mission Bay for dinner? Yeah. And you, and you have to say no because you're scared that like your mate won't cut the bill, you know? Yeah. So I think taking those away and never, ever having to think about that again is pretty cool. That's, yeah. a, that's a cool one. Like, you know, you can, you no longer have to think about the cost of a dinner out or, you know, a family trip away or anything. You just say yes if you want to and you say no if you don't want to. Yeah, and that is powerful. Doing it purely based on choice and desire. So I would have said yes to the dinner in Mission Bay back in the day, and I would know that Auntie WCC would get that, and that's my Westpac credit card <laughs> <laughs> because she was always good for it. Yeah, but you would have been feeling pressure and anxiety because of it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah but now, like, fuck, now you, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah. so, yeah, if instead of saying yes and having the anxiety kick in, you can say yes and feel nothing. See, this is where I think we say yes when really we should say no. And we're spending money that we don't have to impress people that... Yeah, yeah. that's the first step, is you need to say no for a while to do step one. Yeah. To get into step two. And then getting into step two is the ability to say yes and not have to turn back on the anxiety tap, right? Yeah. Or the pressure of like, fuck, I'm going to have a big credit card bill this month. Yeah, or wow, are they going to ask me to chip in for this bill or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and you need to be ready to, you know, either split the bill or just pay the bill in full. Either way, it doesn't matter. You just feel like it's just like a nice dinner with people you want to have dinner with. Mm. Um, or a wedding in Manila. <laughs> I think, you know, there's a powerful feeling or a cool feeling where you can grab the bill for your mates or for family or, or something like that right as long as it doesn't go to the point where you're getting taken advantage of constantly and mm. it becomes the the thing that happens all the time but especially if you haven't been able to do that previously yeah 
it's uh yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool place to to get to. But I don't think that means that you then don't give a fuck about money. It, it means that you do give a fuck about it, and you're using it to do something that's meaningful to you. And I think Correct. that's all that money should yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think like my as soon as I got asked that question, my brain was like, I definitely care a lot about money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but this is, these are the things that are that are implied, right? Yeah, yeah. The the cost of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that's an important one. And then the the next two, three, and four are the actual lifestyle creep ones, and these are probably more along the lines of what people would have heard me talk about having like material items as goals. Um, but doing it in a in a way that's sensible, right? Like, don't go and pick up a Lamborghini, Mikey. Yeah. Because you can put that money every month to better use and grow a bigger business where eventually it will be able to buy a Lamborghini in a much shorter time frame. Um, so, like, excessive luxuries, right? Which are unnecessary, but desires... And, and you have to be honest with yourself about what the desire is, Right. Um, like lots of people want fancy cars so they can show off. I'll probably have like a, a garage full of fancy cars that no one will ever see because they won't see the light of day. They're for me. Yeah. Um, but but things like that, like you and I both drive, what, <laughs> five years ago I would have considered fucking expensive cars. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, they're probably like 70 grand or whatever, but t- brand new cars, right? Mm. And that's really an excessive luxury. And... You could just own your scooter that you have. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I could just Uber. I do think about this sometimes. Yeah, like you could actually get rid of your car. Yeah. Um, and find and a shit ton of Uber trips. Yeah, and I do not need a fucking turbo thing that does 200 kilometers on the motorway every day. Well, actually, Mikey, I think you do because <laughs> if you go back and listen to the podcast where you school me about cars, <laughs> you may find out that you're actually doing it for a different reason. Yeah, so um, like these things are... And oh, the other thing is, is I think this one is the one where it starts to become income based, not savings based, right? So the the managed lifestyle creep has to be based off uh, your ability to continue to have cash flow coming in. Yeah. Because buying expensive items, like if I give you two million dollars, it's all very well, but you can use it up very quickly. But I, if I give you twenty thousand dollars a month for the rest of your life very different um, and what it does is it gives you the ability to buy a brand new car like like what we have um, that is unnecessary I could drive a Toyota Corolla but I don't um, you can pay off <laughs> I thought of you you can pay off um, like mortgages fast yeah like you could have a mortgage and pay it off in five or seven years instead of 30 change your life yep um, you could buy a $10,000 bed <laughs> but <laughs> Fifty percent off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like these things are. You don't need a ten thousand dollar bed. No, but if you can get into a space where there is, uh, you know, there's never, there's never ever any guarantee that you're going to be paid next month. But if you build something up that has a lot of trust behind it and people trust you to do a good job, you can sort of see what your income is going to be and forecast it out. And those things, um, not needed, but very nice to have. Yeah, and I think. It doesn't matter what you make. There will always be a way that you can rinse it. Like I went through the Gucci store, didn't go through it. I literally walked in to see what a belt, <laughs> what a belt cost yeah, in, yeah. in LAX, and I thought I actually don't think I would mind a a Gucci belt. And I turned over the thing. It was like six hundred US. Yeah. I'm like like fuck. 
Yeah, but man. I, I could easily pay for that. Yeah. But to me, that's not actually worth it. And then I was like, that one's kind of shit. I'd probably get this one. And I was like, fucking hell, it's 780 US. So I'm like, <laughs> well, uh, at the I'm moment, the, the dollar sign to you outweighs the value of the product. But yeah. if, if you, you know, if your income becomes $10 million a year or something, $600 starts meaning less to you. So then yeah. a $600 belt is easy to, uh, easy to go and buy. And, and also, I think this with, there's like a distinct difference between going and getting something that you've always wanted. So say I'd always wanted a Gucci belt, mm. then yeah, I would give myself the permission, permission at some stage to do that. But for me, I, I haven't. And I just thought, oh, I wonder what they cost. That'd be quite, well, I'd like to have one. Actually, no, I fucking wouldn't. But interestingly, in the same um, breath, like my mate is like to me, man, I'll show you the watch that I'm going to get in my life. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. shows me it's like yeah, it's oh, it's about ten grand. It's probably like going up in price. So I'm like, oh shit, man! I don't even like. I've got a. I can tell the time on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, six, you know. And he's like, yeah, me too. But um, you know, for him, he's like, no, nah, I I want that. That's something that I want for my life, and I'm fucking working my face off. So I'm going to get that at some stage. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, I'm not judging you. No, nah, that's cool. That's yeah, fine. Just yeah. Don't lose it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watches it, man. There is a hell of a watch game. I I saw um something that especially for blokes, you know, you should always wear a watch because it's basically a form of status and people will judge you by it mm. and therefore it's it's quite wise as you go through increasing relationships with people that are, you know, higher up and stuff like that to to have something fancy on your arm. Yeah, interesting, eh? Like I have talked to some wealthy guys who roll quite expensive watches and, you know, I roll a watch but it's not a not a Rolex. Um and you know, if the if the Rolex they wear is like twenty thousand dollars, one of them said to me one day, you know, if I'm in any country and I need to get out of shit, this is a US dollar. Uh, okay, because so I got, I got yeah. twenty grand with me in a bank account. You can't walk out of the airport with, with yeah. twenty grand. Yeah, good but point. I can wear it on my wrist. Got into America. How much cash you carrying, man? Yeah. It's like yeah. two and a half thousand. He's like, <laughs> I was like, that's interesting, eh? That that's yeah. a wealthy people mindset is so different. But yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I think uh, those kind of things. You know, if you in, in once you have that cash flow stage, don't be a fuckwit and fall back into the other way. Like, do use it to pay off debt and yeah. things like that. Yeah. You, if you if you if you end up on like a two or a three or a four hundred thousand dollar income one day, don't leave your mortgage on a thirty year term. You have the ability to pay it off in like seven years. Just yeah. do it and thank yourself later. Even you know, we've had a couple of stories come through where people. Th- they thought they were financially crushing it. Turns out their partner had an addiction, whether it be drugs, yeah, drinking, gambling, wild. purchasing things, mm. and, you know, bang, the, the money can go. So, yeah, it's all good and well to earn a lot or have a lot of money, but if you develop a problem mm. with spending and it outweighs the making, yep. it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you're on 40K or 400K. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So you've yep. got to tidy yourself up too. I think it's important. I think a lot of the time people people do have lifestyle creep, but I'm pretty sure that if you go through steps one and two here and you get to step three where you can have excessive luxuries like new cars and pay off your mortgage and stuff, you should be in the right headspace to handle it. Mm. If you go straight to number three with a big income and you haven't done the you know, the basic living costs covered and the pain of yeah, you know, having to say no to dinners and shit like that then, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like the spoiled kid, right? Like the spoiled kid sort mm. of always fucks up the family fortune. But even, it's kind of, for me, going from being a student 
and f- like at uni on very minimal coin, very being very creative and resourceful to bang, you're getting paid thirty six k. And to start with, I'm like, fuck, I could save five hundred bucks a fortnight, and I'm like <laughs> building up some cash. And then, like, I unwind it by learning about consumer credit and stuff and thinking well this doesn't seem to be any consequences for this shit but these are all things that I learned at uni too going oh I can get a thousand dollar credit card but now I can get a ten thousand dollar one and then eventually you're back to the start but you're actually at the same point as you were when you left uni because you were learning the same bad habits and shit or even worse because now you got debt yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and now it's interest as well and and you're like oh god now I need to actually (laughs) unwind all of these things that I yeah so you know I think People would love to, to get out of uni and have a 100K salary, but I reckon if they haven't learnt the, the right habits and financial tools, yeah, they'll end up in just a massive hole and go like, how did that happen? It's funny how hardships are good for you, right? Mm. It's like nothing that ever comes of value to you is easy. No. Strange like that. Fucking life, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, number four. Four. The one that everyone wants but won't put the work in. Oh, for passive income. Oh, no? The, well, oh, I just call it unlimited lifestyle creep. Oh, yeah, okay. This is when I say to you, Luke, mate, it's fucking shitty and cold in Auckland. We might as well be shitty and cold in Queenstown. Should we go have dinner there? And we jump on the jet and go. Whose hey. jet is it? Well, it'll be my one. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> just, just <laughs> but this, this is... Very, very few people ever reach the status. Yeah. And some of the ones are very famous, but most of them you don't even know who they are. Mm. And they basically can't spend it. Um, and a lot of them don't, but they could. This is, this is uh, freedom to choose to do whatever you want, whenever you want, unlimited... Lifestyle, basically. Yeah, wow. Um, I tested this. Um, I have gone to Queenstown and decided to be a baller. And I saved up for it and did it, so I didn't... <laughs> it's not really like that, but we got down there. I went up the mountain. I didn't decided I didn't like it. So we drove down the bottom. I went to a race cat car track, hired a Ferrari, went go-karting... Next day, jumped in a chopper, flew up the mountain, drove around on snowmobiles, ate at fancy restaurants. Um, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I quite liked it. Yeah. Um, but if you have unlimited money, that would just be normal and unlimited cash flow coming in. You don't, you know, it truly is like the next step up from the last one we talked about where it's like, I can't be fu- fucked cooking. We'll go to Botswana Butchery, eh? Or you just ring Botswana up and they know you're coming or like all of this shit. Yeah. Um, and not many of us know too many people that roll like that. No. no. Um, and I don't think there's like, there's not a, a, an abundance of them in New Zealand. No. Especially with private jets and shit. No. And the ones that can do it, um, like probably don't do it that much here anyway. I'd imagine, you know, once you get that level of coin, you just get bored of that shit anyway and you just end up having your favourite places and just go back to those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some wealthy people that I know that have houses in different places around the world, and that's where they go on holiday. Yeah, it's like well, they can afford like any hotel to stay in, but they go to their house mm. and still have to put the sheets on and shit. You know, or well, maybe they, they call someone up to do it, but that's where they want to <laughs> be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I always say like, money's a tool, nothing more, nothing less, and that's not my saying. I picked that up from someone, but basically, 
you know, as you earn more, as you have more money, you're just then exchanging it for the things that are meaningful to you. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I wrote down here just on like a side note while I was thinking about all these things, I think the richest I ever felt is when I went from 60 grand a year to 126k. I think that was when I was like, whoa, I am fucking bold. Because <laughs> I think there is a, it's a roughly around 120k is the figure where beyond that happiness doesn't increase too much. I can promise cash. you that, um, oh fuck, I'll just say it. So like I went from 60k to 126k to 283k. Those are my ID summaries for those three years in a row. And I can tell you, the one where I felt the most was 126. Yeah. The 283 didn't feel like anything. Yeah. It just went into other shit anyway. I didn't even fucking use it. I bought a new car, but apart from that, it just went into buying more businesses and shit the following year. The 126K was the, was the eye-opener because that was probably timed up with the locking in stages one and two as well. You know, that was like, oh shit, I've got my savings now. My basic living costs are covered. I don't, I'm safe. Can't be evicted or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> then I can also go to dinners if I want to and say yes to these things if someone asks. Um, and you're, not, you're not having to watch your money as much. No, like, and I still did, but it was like a sense of freedom, man. Like it's yeah. so hard to save on sixty grand. Mm. You know, it's really hard to put away an emergency fund for a year's worth of living expenses if you earn sixty grand. And going to one twenty six allowed that to happen very quickly because I was still living like I was earning sixty grand. And that's the key, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's why I came across that concept of trying to save 40% of your income to try and keep yourself fucking broke yeah. so that you, as your income increases, you're not just lifestyle creeping it and, yeah. and rinsing it because, man, it's, it's so easy to do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so easy to spend whatever amount of coin you get. And people think, well, like, no, it can't be, but how do all these people win lotto and end up with nothing? I see it every day in my job. Yeah, yeah. I catch up with people that have really big incomes, and they chase them down with expenses. <laughs> and and so. they're being chased by marketing to spend that as well. Yeah, for sure. Know? Yeah, and and you will find like new things to spend that on, or you'll get the upgrades, or just all these things become different. Yeah, just doing like, just doing like eighteen months. But I was going to say five years, but even just doing eighteen months of living on the well below your means you know like like try and keep it to a bare minimum just as a fucking project for yourself yeah honestly it's life changing because it puts you into stage one and two one of the things i was going to say back to stage one and two earlier that we struggle with is that the one of the biggest costs in for a kiwi is living so see if you can find a way to decrease your living costs as in like rent or mortgage or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably easier for those that are renting uh, than those people who have locked themselves into a mortgage. However, you know, even I heard um, leading New Zealand economists, I won't name them, um, <laughs> jumping on the KTC bandwagon, probably a year too late, <laughs> 18 months, saying <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of new labour coming into the country means that you could get a border. Mm. to decrease your costs. I'm like, well done. You've clearly been listening to uh, the education around increasing income. First time I heard a fucking economist talking about how to increase income yeah. rather than just <laughs> decrease costs. But, you know, look at that. Like, look at that problem. So write down what your living costs are per week and figure out what's that as a percentage of your income. 
And then write down for yourself, like, how could I decrease this percentage? Mm. And it could be if you've got a mortgage, like getting a border, for instance. Or it could be that you are renting and you go, do I really need to be? Like, do I, do I really need to be this whole, like, I'm an independent man, I'm an independent woman, whatever. Like, fuck it. Can you actually go home? Can you go live with a friend? Can you go house-sitting? Like, you've got to find the solutions. But if you can unlock this lever, mm. man, you can change your financial trajectory very, very quickly. That's the thing, right? So once it changes, then you've... Because we have this block from doing this because it's like a downgrade in lifestyle or whatever it is, but it's temporary. That's it. It's not for your whole life. Yeah. Like you literally, you just, like you say, once you unlock it, then it's like, oh, I can, now I've got these one and two under control. I've got a baseline to go and fucking step this game up and go chasing after three. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, a, it's a short-term pain for long-term game, man. You know, I went from living at home to driving on average two hours a day to 5 a.m. starts to 7 p.m. when I was home. Very lucky that I could do that, but it required travel. But I knew that this was temporary. And then I got into some house sitting because I was like, I don't want to keep doing this all the time. I got into some house sitting. I was living for free. Paying rent was effectively walking dogs and feeding fucking goldfish. <laughs> but that was the, the currency that I had to transact with. And the, the first thing I did when I started making some coin again was, I'm getting a one-bedroom apartment, baby. Like, bang. <laughs> yeah. I'll be able to work so much more, and I'll be able to just make more cash, and that will help subsidize the cost of this. But if you told me a number of years ago, Luke, one day you're going to pay $650 a week on your own for rent, I'd be like, hell no, I'm not. That's <laughs> fucking stupid. That is ridiculous. But you wouldn't have done it without the pl- without the baseline before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew, like I went from, okay, this is cool, the way I was living, to, okay, back home, oh, is this embarrassing? I don't know. It actually turned out to be really awesome, and I loved it. And But I was like, I can't do this forever. And then it was a bit of house-sitting and stuff, and sometimes it was like a lot of travel involved there, and just niggly stuff. And I'm like, fuck, I've got to get to a point where I can afford rent again. And as soon as I can, that is what I'm going to swap my money for. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I did because I knew that I could then turn that time into more cash to then figure out, okay, how am I going to do it at a later date? But I don't think that's talked about enough in this country. Hey, just a heads up, your biggest cost is going to be living, a roof over your head. So we should probably teach some people some ways that they can figure out, well, how can we change that? Yeah. Because yeah. It, like that, there's, a whole, there's a whole thing there. Like there probably needs to be a book on that so that people can go, well, you know, like, look how different my life now looks by the fact that I went back home, went house-sitting, and then ended up in an apartment. You know, I would just never have thought about that when I was coming out of paying 80 bucks for rent. Your apartment has mean views, too, eh? Yeah. It's so cool. What was it like in the storms? Um, fuck, it was pretty crazy. There's a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, does it feel a bit weird being up high in, like, a real grunty storm? Feels safe, man. Yeah. You know, there's all this... Um, there's shit in Auckland of people, you know, uh, ram raids and stuff. When you're on the 13th or 15th floor of an apartment where you've only got five other people and you know that only five other people can get to that and you've got a lock on your door as well, yeah, sleep good at night. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's I, cool, go, I, go, I go house-sitting in, in one of the wealthiest beaches in the country yeah. and my brain's still like, fuck, man. Yeah. Seems dangerous here. <laughs> like, you know, do you, I'm like, oh, I should probably sleep with that door open because that'll give me another 10 metres of seeing someone coming in that uh, sliding door. Like, it's weird. My <laughs> paranoia. Bra- yeah, but my brain doesn't think about it when you're 13, 15 floors up in an apartment. Yeah, interesting. Which it's is good, eh? Yeah, and I think that's maybe why a lot of older people like 
them too because they probably feel safer. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm not like, well, I wonder who's going to come through the balcony. Uh, nah, exactly. Just a pigeon shitting on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, there's something there for people. And I think if you can try and find ways to decrease your cost of living, mm. and yeah, I mean, and some people will say, but oh, I can't do that because I've got kids or whatever. But maybe you could move home or like maybe, okay, you're not in the season to do that yet, but like don't give up on it. The, the goal is, right, let's brainstorm it and figure out, well, how could we do this differently? Yeah, come up with some ideas. And again, this is the this is the most important out of everything. Do not compare. Yes, good. It's so important. Like you're you've got no idea what anyone else is up to. You don't know the details of their lives. You don't know what they're going through. Uh yeah, just do not compare yourself to others because you're comparing ninety nine percent of the time when you compare yourself to another person, like Luke says, you do not have access to the full information anyway. Yeah. So you're only comparing to the bits that you want to believe. The it, other, there's, you, you, if you want to do a full comparison, you know, you might not like what you see. Yeah, a, a good example is when you go travelling, right? Especially overseas. And obviously, it's topical for me at the moment because I've just done that. But you can go economy, you can go premium economy, you can go business class, and in each of those tiers, it's different. And you walk through premium, uh, you walk through business to start with, and you think, "Fuck! Look at all these lucky people. They're already in their seats. Someone's giving them a fucking champagne and a water." <laughs> and then you're into the premium. Hey, there's economy. Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> then you're into the premium economy, and your brain's giving you whatever you want to think about these people. And then you're back down into economy yourself, and you're thinking, "Man, one day I'd love to be in that premium economy." Or mm. how good would it be to be in business class? But I always remember someone who's minted saying to me. Fuck, delay, delay business class as long as you can. Because mm. once you've been there once, your flying's going to get a whole lot more expensive. Mm. And, you know, you could envy those people who are up there and you could think, how amazing is that? Like, they must have so much cash. And then you land at uh, Las Vegas Airport and you see 70 maybe private jets and you realise, like, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, how, that's how they got here? Yeah. yeah so... The comparison game, just it's just not worth it. Nah. But I think we're very good in this country at sort of encouraging it so we can have that tall poppy type stuff. Um, yeah, or, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's just stupid because then we just create more of that sort of like, oh, why them and not me? Mm. Or um, they don't deserve it. Or, oh, I knew that they would you know, have their fall from grace or whatever. And, and you realise when you go overseas or go to a country like America and see the wealth over there and just the way that people are doing things, you, th- you realise like, fuck. You know, yeah, they, these people don't even understand, like realize our country exists. Yeah, yeah. And here and here I am <laughs> comparing my life to other people in New Zealand and you know what yeah. they've got and stuff and yeah, and then you're trying to keep up with them. Yeah, I think stupid, uh, mate. Go back, listen to this podcast. Do steps one and two. Focus on those, and then lay the foundation so you can get to number three. Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, judging by the webinar with Lighthouse Financial, a lot of people that listen to Keep the Change are in the position where they have kind of, especially if they've been listening for quite a while now, they've sort of tidied up that one and two and they're thinking, seems a bit broken. Like I still want to, I want to maximise my wealth or I want a bit more mm. uh, or I want to figure out you know, what I could be doing. And you've basically then just got, like you've done the foundation stuff, wicked. Now you've got to try and find your, next level of income yep. or your next play or your next leverage opportunity. Yeah. And if you have got, this is actually important to note too, if you have got one and two sorted, um, you can spend time on getting to three. Because if, if you put two years of effort into, you know, I heard Warren Buffett say something cool, eh? He said, someone asked him about like his success over time. He's like, 
I only have to make one or two good decisions a year. I'm like, wow, that is so cool, eh? Like, the patience of the man. Yeah. He only makes one or two good buys a year, or one or two sells, you know, like, so to protect the downside. So he might go and buy and sell a total of four shares over two years. Yeah. So imagine the time and effort. That's effectively six months between drinks that he puts into making one choice. And obviously it works. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think this is the same thing that I have for level three. Like it's okay to put time into it, but just just put the time in. Do it. I read something really cool from the Barefoot Investor uh, recently. And basically it is someone who's emailed him saying, you were wrong. And it says, in late 2020, Hubby and I were renting a granny flat in Sydney for $520 a week. He saw on the news that house prices were set to rise as much as 30% and said we needed to buy our first home ASAP. The boom had started. We managed to scrape together a 5% deposit and brought our own townhouse 15 minutes from the Wollongong CBD for 565k. Our house is now worth $750,000. There is no way we would have been able to buy our first house with a 20% deposit if we waited. And because we brought at a time when rates were at a historic low, we got that benefit too, locking in 1.98% for three years. Again, if we had waited, we could have ended up buying now when rates would have more than doubled. You are not always right, Scott. You know there are scenarios where your rules do not always apply, and this was one of them. This is the most savage response. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but there is a good uh, lesson in here. Hi, Linda. So were you lucky or smart? Question mark. The thing I've learned about people who make money through luck is they tend to believe they're smart and you can't convince them otherwise. Personally, I don't think the value of your home matters that much, though prices in Wollongong have come back 14.5% in the last 12 months, according to real estate. <laughs> oh, savage. <laughs> in other words, you're talking paper profits. Let's instead talk bangers and mash. You said that you've, you're not a saver, so you don't have much money behind you. In the next few months, your repayments are going to skyrocket. Will you be able to make them? The most important question you need to ask yourself right now is, how long will my, la- uh, how long will my luck last? Yeah, fuck, that is brutal. <laughs> yeah, that it's is... It's true though, right? Like, there's that person did get lucky and doesn't have control of their situation. Yeah. Um, and lucky's an interesting thing because if you do get lucky, genuinely lucky, you don't actually learn anything from it. I think you've got to, when you get lucky, you've got to be very careful. Mm. Basically what he's trying to say is don't over-index your luck for being smart. Yeah, yeah. Like, yep, they got into the market and then money printing went massive, etc. Yep. And yes, there was that, that boom. Um, but they scraped together five percent, five percent deposits. Yeah, all they own. and if if they were if they were smart, not lucky, they also would have sold the top, but they didn't. Yeah, good point. So yeah. that proves that they're lucky. And I think once you have a bit more coin, it allows you to kind of play around with different things, and then you can get a little bit, um, you know, you can get a bit carried away with the the timing and thinking that. Wow, you know, I, I was amazing. But you've got to, you can't fault results. You've got to be able to back it up time and time again. And I think those That's are the people. A, yeah, doing it once, yeah, it doesn't really count. Yeah. If you can do it multiple times. Also, having some, having some failures to remind you that it was lucky yeah. is well, quite, quite handy. I'll give you a good one. You know, Heartland Bank for us, for instance, with the lads that went on the stag do, we took 15 grand out of bonus bonds, roughly, let's just say, and put it into Heartland, and we got, we pulled 30K out of that. So nice. that's 
that's perfect timing because of when we were going and when we needed that cash to then be able to spend. I'm like, oh, I think the market's going to come back. Let's just, it had already started turning. I'm like, let's get out. Mm. Well, Luke though, Luke's been invested the whole time. So I got to double up too, but I didn't get out. But now I'm 15K in a hole. So my, oh. what I, like it's, it's <laughs> those stocks are fifty. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking, fuck, I did nail this stock. I knew what was going on here, but mm. didn't really matter unless I timed it perfectly. Yeah. So I timed it perfectly for the lads to get out because that's when, but for me, I'm like, this is a long-term investment. Yeah, exactly. Difference. I was just about to say, it's still not, uh, not luck-related because you're probably going to do another 10 years in it or something, right? Mm. Like it's not a, a thing that you wanted to sell out of. Yeah, I had the same thing when someone was saying, oh, I bought my house in, on Instagram or TikTok or something. It's gone down in like 15%. I'm like, cool, are you selling it tomorrow? Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. I'm like, cool, did you plan to sell it when you bought it a year ago? No, no. I'm like, cool, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like, so. Why just... do we need these reminders, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting, eh? There's some data around how, like, our brains will gravitate more towards our investments going backwards than they will on them going up. Like, we'll be way more concerned with that than yeah, mm. which is just probably the brain. I know that for me, I have like a baseline in my savings account and if it gets close to it, I get nervous. Yeah. And I don't have to be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that happens. I'm just like, fuck, I better put some more in there. <laughs> be a thermostat, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just to wrap this one up, mate, basically people were obviously looking at you thinking Mikey doesn't care about his money. Yeah, it couldn't be further from the truth. No, yeah. but, but you must give off the allure that you will... You know, you'll you you don't count, pinch your pennies. You don't um, like you'll have a crack at things. Like they're obviously seeing something in you. Hopefully, it's inspirational for them. Like, did it come I'd from a positive so. place? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I yeah. think it. I think if you watch me, then it might look like I blow money sometimes, but it's so fucking calculated. Yeah, so much effort goes into when I pull the trigger on something. In time, like I might be thinking about something for six months and then I'll be like, like my marketing thing I thought about for two years and it built up and built up and I needed a plan in my head and then I'm like, right, it's going to be a hundred grand. Then I just go and book a hundred grand with the bills. (laughs) It's like, whoa, fuck, he spends a hundred grand on marketing. But I'm like, yeah, but this has been going on for like, it looks like a hundred grand over a year, but really it's like years of thinking, then planning then research and then you know learn all the stuff it's it's um it's a calculated spend knowing that it's an investment to get it back at some stage yeah but if you just see me talk about spending a hundred thousand dollars next year on marketing when i've gone from nothing it's like that guy doesn't give a fuck about money yeah or his trip to you know well one of the 74 trips you had yeah. <laughs> last year but you know they, and they start but i did like four or five years without leaving the office yeah you know so yeah, it can look like that, and that's a, another good example of like, there's never really any overnight success. You just don't know the full story. So yeah, don't even bother comparing. Hundred percent. Even when we're paying for things in in the US, and I'm sort of thinking, shit, this is expensive, and and, and fuck. But I'm just like, well, hey, Luke, you haven't been on a holiday for six years. Yeah, man. Like, just and, enjoy it while you're here. <laughs> yeah, and I actually said that to the boys at one stage, just like, oh, this withdrawal. I'm like, would I, you know, regret not doing this if I'm, you know, back at my desk on Monday yeah. being like, oh, fuck, I probably should have just made the most of that for a bit longer. I'm yeah. like, so that's sort of how I'm looking at it. And, yeah, full send mode was uh, activated. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was, you yeah. beauty. 
Oh, good stuff, mate. I'm glad that uh, you know people are obviously asking you these uh, these these tough questions. But it's good. I'm probably quite a good person to ask because the answers won't be that normal. No, <laughs> no. So yeah, there's some good stuff in there, mate. And I think for all of us, we've got to figure out you know what what stage we're at, mm. and then yeah, and and then try and get to the next stage. But then also figure out why you're doing it. Like overall, mm. um, and comes no, with great responsibility, right? Um, one of the other things, just before we go, one of the other things I mentioned last night, and in my close-knit group of friends, I'd be considered extremely generous. But one thing I have noticed, especially since I started the marketing, is there is a fucking target on my back for, do you want to sponsor this rugby club? Oh, do you want to... Do you want to look after these children, these animals, uh, you know, the school? Like, it is fucking relentless at the moment. Yeah, man. And it's been going for, like, it's been going for a while, but it's really ramped up in the last six months. And um, you have to say no to heaps. It's hard to, eh? Yeah, because when people have... a they don't know any like if I've got any money or not, but when they perceive that you do, they will fucking come after you. Yeah, <laughs> it's like being hunted, and uh, it's interesting because previous years I've actually been very sort of generous with donations and time and things. Now I happen to believe that we're going to an, into a season, so I sort of made the call at the start of this year that yes, I'm going to do my marketing, but I'm not. I'm not going to do any donations this year. Doesn't mean I won't come back to them. I have the places that I like giving to. Um, and I'm going to focus on a few other of my own things. And yeah, man, saying no, you have to get used to it. It's not very nice. Yeah. Because some of those motherfuckers are good at pulling on your heartstrings. <laughs> and, and I think the asks are louder at the moment as well because there's less people that can afford to give. Yeah, probably. So they're trying harder. Man, I had one at Christmas that was like giving the kids presents, like Oh, yeah. um, you know, like, I guess, from poor families or whatever. And fuck, I thought about it for like three weeks. Really? Yeah. And I nearly did it. And it, it, it was like 10 or 15 grand or something. It, and it was a cool thing because you turn up with your team and give the kids the presents and, and they send you all the videos of the previous years and how happy the kids are. And you're like, fuck, I really <laughs> want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was outside of the season and I told myself I wouldn't do it and I had to say no, man. And... Yeah, that that happens. I think if you if there is a perceived image of you that you don't give a fuck about money, yep. you will get chased down for it. Yeah. So people, before you hit up Mikey or Guardian Smith on the on the website and ask for some cash, what I can do is teach you how to make it. Well, this is what I was about to say. Is like, <laughs> okay, you could then not give a currency, but look at all this education that people can learn from. Mm. Yeah, I can. I can. Uh, there's literally people that message every week now that are saying, this content changed my life. Like, changed it my life. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when people ask me questions, I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Like, go back to episode one and, get, <laughs> and do every single one of them. And There's then 335 of them. <laughs> yeah. Because other people have done it and they listened and they took action and it works. So could you just do that? Because I don't have, a, I can't just reply on Instagram with a, here's how I'll solve all of your problems for you. Yeah. 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 It's a tough one. I think... Uh, I mean, part of the cost for doing what you're doing and what we do here is that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just uh, something that you have to accept that's 
part of it because you're you're a public figure. <laughs> and yeah, I think even uh, going away from like the donations, you you get to a point where like you realize that you can't help everyone. Um, well, you know, once you've started donating for a while, and then especially over a few years. And then the thing you donate to gets worse. Oh man, it's brutal. Fuck! It's I I started questioning myself. You know. Yeah. It, it like, like it it make it chews away at you a little bit. Yeah. You feel like fuck. Am I an idiot? And and until you've actually seen or done that yourself and actually put time, effort, or money into something, and watch it get worse, and you can't find the answers to your questions, you really. Unfortunately, you don't have a leg to stand on to argue with someone who has about it. Mm. Like, if I got accused of it, I can tell you stories, eh? And I'm like, fuck, I'm not doing, like, I'm not, not giving money away and donating it now for that reason. But when I go back to doing it, it won't be over to these certain th- places. Yeah. You know, like, man, it's just disgusting. But anyway. Um, just to close this out, this is kind of timely with this where... I think it's 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 often like how you see the world as well. So like say you think that all people with money are assholes and they stood on people to get it and whatnot, then you're probably not going to want to even go through stage one and two because like that is the character that you don't want mm. to be like because you believe that that is what happens when you get up there. But that's not real. Like mm. you've, someone taught you that. Like, that came from somewhere. That got planted in your brain. Like, even those words, oh, rich people stand on everyone. Mm. Like, I don't know what that's called. I think it's a... You, people don't stand, like, they don't literally <laughs> stand on top of each other. <laughs> so someone made that up and planted it into your brain. And then you think, yeah, fuck, man, they do, man. Like, rich people just stand on each yeah, other. Yeah, You're like, yeah. I've never seen anyone standing <laughs> on top of each other. It's so... so we, we grab onto these things. And I think that I see this quite often now where people will go, they'll basically bring me their whole, like I, I, the way I now term it is they're basically showing me how they see the world. So they'll say to me, you know, this is wrong and this is wrong about the country and I can't, easy for you to say, TikTok, I can't. man, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, TikTok is just that. <laughs> I can't get ahead because of like this system and I can't get ahead because this happened and then this this is what's happening in our country and that meant that this happened to me and all this stuff and, and I'm at this age and you don't know what it's like and you make it sound too easy and all this stuff and I'm like, fuck, whoa, like what are you showing yourself? Mm. You know, like that, that is the picture of the world that you have built, mm. right? And then they will tag me in things and be like, see, watch this video, they're explaining exactly what's happening for me right now. And I'm thinking, bro, unfollow that that yeah, is yeah, yeah. you don't want like if if you're worried or fucked off of how your life is and the way that the world is showing up for you why are you following more of the same shit yeah turn it off to on. see it yeah. to, to then be able to go see like I told you you've you're already unhappy with where you are so why are you looking for more data to back up that that's the way that the world is because that's the way the world is showing back up for you and then I'll have people that will ring me and they'll go, hey, Luke, need a hand with my accounting. I currently do this. Um, yeah, it's about, I do about 12 hours a week. Oh, I make 50 grand a month. I'm like, fucking sorry, excuse me, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's actually not that hard. A month? Um, yeah, I got, <laughs> I got into this and I'm thinking, holy shit. And they see the world completely differently. Yeah. 
And sometimes I just wish I could get those two people and be like, could I put you into a room until like just someone bashes the door down to yeah. see like, but what man, happens? Like those people are on YouTube explaining how to do it. Yeah. They, they, you can go and learn it. Mm. You just have to stop watching the other shit that's telling you it's not possible because yeah. it's on the same product. It's both, they're both on YouTube. You've yeah. just got to go and search for the opposite of what you're watching. So I think you want to be very careful with how you let the world show up for you because you have to understand that that is, like you've created that. Mm. Now, keep going back to like being in the States and those private jets, but it was because like I don't see private jets when I go to the airport in New Zealand. Or when I do, I'm like, oh, I'm going to Google those letters on the back to try and figure out whose it is. <laughs> yeah. I think, wow, you know, that's fucking fascinating. But over there, and you know, I'm, I'm in an American tour and everyone's on the cart going back to finish the tour. And I'm like taking a panoramic video of the private jets so I can zoom in on them at a later date to try and search the things. And they're just looking at me like, why is this guy holding up the tour, man? These fucking shitty jets over here. But I am looking at it going, shit. Like the world is now showing me that if if I once believed that it's impossible to have a private jet, it's now looking at me laughing, being like, here's 50 of them, dickhead. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's so good. So <laughs> what do you want? Do you want your brain in the way that you thought the world should show up to you or do you actually want the data? Yeah, Because exactly. the data says you're a fucking idiot yeah. and this is actually how it is. <laughs> yeah. So I just think if you get yourself into a rut and stuff, it's very easy these days to go down a rabbit hole or to surround yourself with more social media and more content to convince you that you're right and then this is like if it's really hard for you at the moment or whatever's going on that you know it's it, it, you've got a justification for why it's like that so you want to I think the, the simple answer is to actually go and get the reverse of that information yeah 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 man just whatever you're consuming to make you or that is aligning with how you're thinking Try the opposite for a while. Yeah. And so just the, see what happens. So the, the practical example of that, just to take it back to basically the very start of this, is that you could believe that, and, and you would have every right to, I believe, to think that financial institutions are basically set up to get you onto some form of debt, to get you into consumerism, to then uh, trap you into using credit cards and to get into a cycle of then using your pay to then pay down your debt and you're in this never-ending cycle of, like, I can't get ahead that, that's probably just data that's accurate. However, there are a whole heap of people that realise, fuck, it doesn't actually have to be like that. Mm. And until you make that decision to go, well, you know what? Like, I'm not going to be the next person that makes another video of like, oh, look at all my buy now, pay later purchases. I'm hooked on it. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe they let me have eight of these accounts. Is there videos of that? Yes. Oh, you don't want to say, fuck. You want to be like, wow, okay, this is the decision that I don't want to be like that. And I'm not going to go find another 20 people that have done the same thing. I want to find 20 people that can help me figure out how to build an emergency fund, how to clear all of those, how to never have a credit card, and then completely remove the way that you think that the world operates and go, well, like I know that it doesn't have to operate like that, so I've got to go and find another way. Mm. And until you do that, you can't actually start to go through all of these different stages. Yeah, man. That's a fucking beautiful way to sum it up, isn't it? Let's get on out of here. I think that was quite a motivational pod. I think people like that, and because of that, can you please share it to your Instagram story and leave a five-star review? I don't
you.